as a veteran, small business owner, what can we do for you? What we can all do for all veteran business owners is promote each other. My main mission was to look at tools of technology to leverage small business and give them more of a competitive advantage. My mission for Red Orange Bargains is very simple, to help vets. That story in itself, to run for Vista City Council, is a journey. I think this is an opportunity to really collaborate with those gone before us. It's really kind of a labor of love. And now your host. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. How's everybody doing? Welcome to once more of this weekly veterans radio show and podcast, which features military families, military veterans, spouses, and community leaders who are making it happen while we explore heroism, action, and leadership from those that are making it happen. On this particular episode, it's a very special episode because it's all about the Veteran Chamber of Commerce at the national level. So we're bringing you in key members of our community who are making it happen. It's all about back to business and a community panel. So without further ado, I'm gonna bring in Joseph Molina, Julio Alvarado, and Dali Rivera, our members from our community. Uh, Veterans Chamber of Commerce. But before also we proceed and greet him, I also want to acknowledge our producer, Michael Wood, who is also here, a very active member of the North County chapter. And as well as we want to thank our sponsor for today, who is Savio, and we'll give you more details about them, but we want to acknowledge and say thank you so much for your opportunity to uh, run our feed, our feed for our community, but also for your sponsorship. Thank you, Savio. Welcome, Julio. Welcome, everyone to this special panel discussion. Thank you, Laura. So Hi, how's everybody doing today? What is good and new in business? Doing well, good. First of, no, go, go ahead, Dally. No, uh, doing good. Thank you for having us on here. Absolutely. And so I want to just really quickly um, acknowledge the great talent we have here in our studio, which First of all, our very special guest who traveled here all the way from Arizona, Julio Alvarado, an Air Force veteran, our Arizona chapter director for our Veteran Chamber of Commerce at the national level. And he's also uh, a well-equipped individual in the business strategy. So he had carries over 35 years of uh, business strategy in the nonprofit sector, in the private sector, as well that he has uh, held multiple, multiple board positions and is very well versed with all military lingo and connections. So Julio, thank you so much for giving us your time. And then of course, everyone knows Joe, uh, Joseph Molina here, our founder and CEO for the Veteran Chamber of Commerce, who is just phenomenal community connector and also an army veteran, very well versed as well in all of the military and veteran matters. And then our very special Dali Rivera, who is army veteran herself, founder of Dali Talks and is also a very active member of our Riverside chapter. And then Michael Woods, who is our uh, producer here at the local level. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for having me. Yes. So Julio, who wants to take on Julio and explore his business insights here? Well, <laughs> I would really would like to start with just thanking Julio for all of his efforts in the past couple of years, uh, we've had a tremendous experience. Julius is a nonstop uh, activity um, uh, person. He just doesn't quit. But he's also very involved with our um, Native American community, 
which uh, uh, are basically our connection to, to, the, to the community, as well as the wellness uh, uh, community uh, network. So uh, I really would like to kind of just dive in and, and see what news, what activities, what programs, Julio, you are involved in right now that, are, that you are impacting the, 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 the communities in Arizona. Anywhere you would like to start. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And Julio, remember, I shared with you when we had our call that uh, Arizona is very special because that was my very first station when we first uh, joined or when he joined the military and I joined him after coming back. So tell us about the great chapter in Arizona. Well, uh, thank you for having me, first of all. It's, it's, uh, it's an honor and I'm humbled by the uh, invitation. Uh, Arizona is a unique state. Uh, from the standpoint that uh, it has a very large veteran population. Uh, it also houses the Air Force Museum in, in Tucson and Duke Air Force Base and, and what have you. Uh, but it, it, it is a home to uh, many, many veterans. Uh, there's about 600,000 in the state. And 33% of the Navajo Nation uh, is also veterans. So you have a large population, actually the largest uh, tribal population, veteran population in the United States among all tribes. Uh, so the uh, the objective uh, uh, that uh, that I sought was uh, helping the veterans. Uh, this all came about uh, obviously, you know, from the fact that it's pretty obvious that there's a great need. Uh, we happen to have the largest uh, veteran homeless population, particularly among veteran women. Uh, and uh, also we, uh, we have uh, uh, veterans that within the whole nation that are committing suicide at uh, 22 veterans a day, which is unbelievable. And, and it's just, it's sad. It, it just, it, to me, it's completely unacceptable. And so I, I Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I'm very grateful for your the opportunity for everything that you're doing out there because, um, you know, with your service, with the length of service of the and your involvement in the community, it, it's very gratifying to see someone like yourself uh, be really involved and to be very, you know, very active in the community, acknowledging all those uh, services and social challenges for veterans in their local community. Exactly. And and what I what I gleaned from because I I've always been a researcher. I uh, all all my professional life research is something that I I uh, I, I concentrated on and, and, and worked very hard to fine tune it. And within the research, I kept asking number one, why is it that veterans in particular who are going through rehab relapse at a ninety percent ratio? meaning that 90% uh, of the veterans will relapse into back into addiction and so forth with a 7 to 10% chance of making it. That was my first question. I visited multiple rehab centers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they were open to everybody, but my concentration was primarily with the veterans. My second, my second observation, and I was curious as to, okay, what's going on, is why were they committing suicide? What drove them to commit suicide? Uh, you know, what's causing them in their life. And I have to admit, uh, 
because this happened to me uh, many, many years ago uh, after being discharged at McGuire. Uh, I tried to adjust uh, uh, into the civilian life and it wasn't easy. Uh, uh, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that I just, you know, like you can turn on a button or turn on a switch and, you know, you're in the military, now you're a civilian, everything's fine. No, it's not. Uh, I had a hard time from a social standpoint because uh, I, I seem to be, uh, I seem to have grown in a way that, uh, uh, that people my age then just, they, they weren't there. So it, I, I had matured uh, two to one on a two to one ratio. Uh, and the same thing with, now all of a sudden I had to go find a job. Uh, and yeah, people, you know, they gave me the song and dance that they were pro-veteran and what have you. And, and what I found once again, that, um, mm -hmm. that they didn't quite understand me. And even dating was, was a challenge because again, I, uh, you know, it was weird. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I can see, I can, I can totally resonate with your um with your you know the, the discussion you're sharing about why is it so hard for veterans sometimes to to you know to go through all this process of transitioning to identify their new calling and their new place in the civilian world right and i didn't think i mean i i I knew that was happening, but I didn't think it would, like we say, it would happen to us, you know, and I can tell you, you know, I've seen it personally from through my husband and through probably uh, through our family, a couple of members within our family that have gone through that, you know, trying to identify what now, what is my next mission? And I think as a community, and I'm glad that we're having these discussions, we need to do a little bit more to try to help us identify better ways as we continue to navigate more uncertain ways, right? That we continue to be thrown into um, best practices to help us all navigate together. Uh, so, because I've seen it, you know, I, my husband retired three plus years ago and we're still navigating the, the place in our community and civilian world. And normally you would think, well, gee, just, you know, uh, settle in or get a job. But I totally understand after so many years of being one color, one, sort of pattern in a particular situation, it's sort of hard to take your way out of it. It's hard to break those bad habits or good habits that you might've earned during that lifestyle. Exactly. What about you, lady? What about yeah, you guys? I, what about you, Deli? What do you think about this whole transitioning? I agree. I think it's very difficult because when I got out, I, um, I was a somebody at a very young age. I went through the ranks fairly quickly and had responsibilities that I probably would not have had, um, had I been a civilian. So it felt like I had a sense of pride and purpose. And then to get out and just be somebody looking for a job and then you're overqualified or you're underqualified for certain jobs it's just so difficult and your family doesn't really understand and for a woman um and particularly in my situation i was married to a veteran and even he didn't understand some of my differences as a female veteran so it was really really tough and now like i think i've been out like 12 years i still find myself sometimes struggling with a few things because i cannot quite re relate to other people just like me that's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead, Julio. Go ahead. Tell us. No, what I, I was because in, in, in engaging in this conversation, 
first of all, it's it's a to me it's a delight because I'm comrades. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm talking to. I can say I can say a, a word and, and you guys will pick up on it and understand it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and so that's what I experienced in talking to the veterans. Once I did that that uh, that study and and just kind of got an idea, then I went to the I went to the source. I went to the to the to the men and women. Uh, and trust me, I mean, I went to special forces. I went to just the guys who uh, who were worked in the motor pool, and I mean, I work. I talked to everybody, and but they all have that same common thing, and and that is we're back in the world, and like, oh my God, you know, like you know, like what's going on? And then I met a, a Marine, 20, 23 years old, homeless, and that just, pardon my language, it just pissed me off. I mean, I really, I got angry because it shouldn't have happened. This young man gave his his all. He fought in combat and so forth, and he's homeless. And so we had a long conversation. And then I, I, I met several other individuals and, and, and several women that were uh, very active. You know, one, one I always say that I'm scared of her because <laughs> she's tough. She's really tough, uh, you know. And, but anyway, the, the point I'm, I'm trying to make here or that I'm making is that is that as we just alluded to is the fact that there is a transition that has to take place to be discharged and then left alone is not the answer so i saw an opportunity here what is the one thing that kind of keeps us going well and that is to have a job if you have a job at least you have a, you, you have somewhere to go you, you have an income coming in and it gives you time to get your life together and but then again, you have to have that employer that understands. For example, a uh, special forces guy, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq background, got hired in, in, in sales, in, in, inside sales, and was put in an office with a bunch of people. And initially his office, his desk, faced a window and you could see the street. And his sales were up high. And then they decided to make some arrangements in the, in the office. And, they say, oh, you're doing so good, we're gonna give you your own office. And they put him in a room with a door, no windows. And his sale just, boom, went down to the floor. And he was he was having struggles. Little did the employer know, or his supervisor know, that he was suffering from anxiety. And that the window was that link to, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. and. And so that's an example. I met another veteran who uh, uh, was honest enough and because he trusted me. And uh, uh, he said, Julio, he says, man, he says, I'm gonna tell you something, man. He says, I'm okay during the daytime, but I go home, man. And, and you know, all those, uh, all that crazy shit comes back. And, and I'm, you know, and he was, he had been drinking. And so he, again, he went to alcohol uh, for, dealing with his anxieties and stuff. So I came to the conclusion that, yeah, you can have all the clinicians and the psychologists and psychiatrists and all these other people. And by the way, veterans don't like to be labeled. I know I don't. So I don't say PTSD, I say PTSI, okay? It's an injury. It's not, a, it's, it's not you know, something that's wrong with you. It's something that you can cure. There is a way of how to cure it. And I found the answer. It's a combination of things, not just one thing. But employment is, is very significant, a very significant thing. 
number one. Number two is all the programs, because of money, they're all like three months, four months, at the most, maybe six months, and then they're out. So we created a 12-month program in our wellness de uh, department for our, our, our nonprofit. So that strengthens the opportunity of veterans finding work or becoming an entrepreneur. So all these things came together, and 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 I'm very uh, happy to 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 see that formula in action and actually working. It actually does work. I've, proof of concept has been established, and that's so it's, it's important. Go ahead. That's perfect. I'd love, love to be able to hear more about that formula, that concept. Let me just take a really uh, quick pause to recap on our individuals who are joining us potentially viewing right now. We are here at the Veterans Radio Show and Podcast. We are here weekly. We're talking in a community panel style discussion today. Julio Alvarado, who is our Arizona chapter direct, uh, director for the Veterans Chamber of Commerce in that section. And he shares over 35 years of experience in business strategy and nonprofit sector, as well as he is an Air Force veteran himself and supports our community over there in the Arizona chapter. Our sponsor for today is Savio, a community where veterans who are driven by technology can get connected and take advantage of all the great education that Savio has to offer. It's all about being veterans in, in technology and all of your great needs that you have to expand your future. So thank you so much for your support, Savio. We look forward to exploring new ways to connect military veterans to your um, technology community as well as our careers. Thank you. Thank you, Julio. And you were Hello. Chat, Hello. you were sharing with us about the amazing Hello. program and steps that you started over in your chapter. Um, how does that work for someone to get connected with you out there? Well, outreach is extremely it's it's a challenge and 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 and, and there's various reasons for it. Number one, the COVID is not helping by the way. In order to, you know, in order for an outreach to work, you gotta you gotta create events, you gotta invite people, you gotta socialize, you gotta bring them together. So once this is over with and we're able to, to do events, not Zoom, but get out in the streets, you know, you gotta get in the streets. Uh veterans uh enjoy that, you know, and most veterans have we have a we have, you know, we have this thing about us that uh, uh we don't like to be told what to do. Number one, so you know, it, it's, you got to understand the veteran mentality. But we like to eat, and we like to socialize, and we like to tell stories to one another about what we did and so forth. So, even at, even at my age, I tell some stories when I was in the military and crack people up. So our outreach is is very succinct, and that is that we work with churches, we work with organizations that that, that attract veterans, we work. With uh, uh, we, we we reach out to the American uh, uh, Legion. We work with the local uh, clubs, their veteran clubs, bike clubs, uh, and also I, I I'm always talking to people that are, that head up support groups and say what veterans do you have in there? I like to meet them. I like to you know, and and uh, and then we have people just word of mouth that just they know that what we're doing and. I had a young man refer to me who was army and and was suffering with uh, hearing problems because he was uh, he was in the, he was in the war and, and you know and all that shelling and 
what have you, and, and he was having a challenge. So I have a question. Uh, he's part of our program. Yeah. So I have a question about the outreach. One of the things that I always think of when I see a veteran who is homeless, I'm always afraid to offend, but I do want to reach out. So for people like me, I'm sure there's others who feel that way. What advice would you give them uh, if they want to reach out, but they're wary? Is there a specific tactic that we should take that we are not aware of? Because homelessness and veterans who are homeless is, are stigmatized so much. So that sometimes prevents people like me to reach out so that we don't offend or um, come off as this grand person that's going to do something good for like, like I'm going to be coming in and be your savior, which is not the case, you know? That's critical. That is extremely critical. Uh, you have to approach it from a non-judgmental way and being careful and being, being just being sensitive. Uh, the, the one phrase that I, I try never to use is, I understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. BS, no, I'm not walking in his shoes. But what I do tell a veteran, a comrade, hey buddy, you know what? You know, a sailor, a, a airman, soldier, you know what? I'm here to help you. I'm here, I'm here with you. This is, we're in, we're in combat out here in the war, but it's the war fought in a civilian manner. And if you need anything, I'm here to help you. And establishing that trust. And it's amazing. Uh, like I'll, I'll, I'll see somebody, a young man, you know, when I say young, I'm talking about in their 20s, 30s and stuff, and they got their haircuts and stuff. My first response is, hey, you military? And a lot of them go, no, no, I just like to cut my hair short. You know, but then I have those guys that, that when I say that, you military, they go, yeah. I'm army, hoorah! Like you know, all of a sudden, this is like you know, everybody, everything becomes like you know, like we known each other for 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 ten years, mm -hmm. and so you have to be out in the streets. You have to be, you have to communicate, men and women. I mean, this this BS about you know, you can only talk to men. No, no, that's a bunch of BS. Women are suffering just as hard, and in some cases, harder. I had a lady come up to me who was homeless and said, Julio, I was in the military. I was a nurse. I did this, I did that, and now I'm homeless because I can't live off my uh, social security and I got disabilities and I'm having a hard time. So I was helping those veterans with the Veterans Administration if they have disabilities. It's helping those veterans uh, if they have housing issues, try to help them find those things. And it's not easy, it's hard work, but you have to be committed to, to being out there. And that's important. But the Veterans Chamber is, 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 the, is the link because again, I go back to employment. It is so important. If, I, if I'm talking to a veteran at three o'clock in the afternoon and he's been drinking, he doesn't have a job unless he works nights, <laughs> you know, but he's, he's, he's having problems. And, and so it's, it's keeping your eyes open and, and, and understanding and, and always watching. I always watch how men walk. You know, veteran always has that, you know, they think they're still back marching again, you know, oh, right to, you know, it's just in our blood, you know. So you watch the little tales, little things that, that tell you. Or veteran family. I work with uh, with the with Gold Star families, you know, who've lost their, their, their sons and daughters to, you know, and war. And 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 just talking to them. And every time, even though somebody is not in the military, they'll say, you know what, my uncle was was in the military or my dad was in the military. You know, also you start getting links of relatives. And so 
to me, it was important to utilize the, the, the chamber to talk to companies, which I got the entire Phoenix uh, directory of companies. And I'm still on in the A's. Uh, and just calling and saying, do you have any veterans employed with you? Do you, you know, you have under your employment? And they'll say, well, no, no. Well, would you consider hiring stuff? Yeah, it's just that, you know, we don't know. Okay, well, let me talk to you. So my objective over time, and, and I got, I could use a lot of help, but I just, you know, baby steps is, uh, is, 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 is using the, the veterans chamber to contact organizations that hire people, hire veterans as a way of connecting with veterans. Cause you ask, how do you connect? Well, that's my way of doing it is go to these companies with, I don't get Panera's. I'll be, I see some guy walking, you know, and I can tell they're veterans. I can, I can just smell them. I can just like, Hey, you know, and, 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 and have that language among each other, you know, and uh, uh, and so that's that's the way of doing it. So I'm thankful for Joe getting me connected in this way because it is a vehicle for reaching out to the veterans and helping them. If they have a problem, let's give them some help. But more importantly, let's get them a job and then help organizations know how to deal with the veterans. Absolutely. I so totally agree with you. And I'm glad that you mentioned family also in, in everything that is part of the unit and part of the process of making sure that our, you know, our family members and our veterans and everyone is, is integrating, you know, and getting the resources properly. And I think sometimes us as family, like I can tell for myself, we sometimes even have the wrong expectations or sometimes we build the wrong sort of because we have seen them at a certain degree of responsibility and suddenly as yeah, civilians is different. So I, I, I would like to just call of action to families is just to build more empathy in general, I think, for a lot of our, our you know, our veterans, or our family members and just build that stronger empathy, I think, of understanding how the their roles change you know their their hats their responsibilities their mindset changes after you turn turn off your your veteran or i mean um, your active duty hat and that you know could potentially lead to to better opportunities for 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 families to help out or better so that they don't end up we don't end up fighting i guess you can say or they don't end up you know departing from us and not reaching out to you know, to the loved ones, because that is always intrigued me. It's like, I, I just like you mentioned, Julio, you know, a young 24, 20, you know, young adult. I've seen several young adults here in Oceanside. And I'm always thinking, don't they have a sister? Don't they have a brother or someone out there who can help them? You know, an aunt or someone. And that always intrigues me. And I know, you know, those are, I guess, one of the reasons why my husband, after 24 years, we're still here because it's always building that 20, the greatest bridge of empathy is like, okay, I understand, you know, not happy, but I understand what's going on. And I think that's, that's clearly a, a, one of the formulas for understanding veterans as well. Would you well, say? You know, something I wanted to, to brought up in terms of families, which is recently I, I, I've experienced is that you know, we've been in the military, and what is what is the number one thing that they drum into our head? Need to know. If you don't have the need to know, guess what? I ain't telling you, diddly squat. You get discharged, and you, now you have to deal with your family, and your family has questions. They want to ask questions. Yeah. But you 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 keep a lot of things to your close to your your vest. You don't you just don't go talk. It's not that they're top secret and all this, 
James Bond stuff. No, it's just that you don't want to talk about it because you're still trying to process. And I'm talking about this process. I had a, I had a, I had a, a, a Silver Star uh, a, a Vietnam vet uh, who passed away, unfortunately, not long ago. Uh, uh, and he and I were, became very, very close. And he kept a lot to himself because that was his nature. He wasn't the guy who went around looking for, you know, I hope Paul vote me or me. No, he was the opposite. He was a tough guy. You don't get a silver star for being, you know, weak. This guy was hand-to-hand -hand combat in Vietnam to save his unit. And, but he kept everything to the vest. And just about every veteran I come across is the same thing. So where do they feel most comfortable? In a support group. A support group of in kind people like him, you know, women and men like like you know, we can talk to one another, and that's that's critical, because when you have, if I can sit here and I and, and I can say, I can say to uh, either of you, you're both military, and Joe, you same thing. You understand this. If I say, you know, uh, I was in, you know, I I I, I was uh, I was in in a, in a in a combat theater, you know, I don't have to tell you where. It doesn't matter. Combat theater. That means I was boots on ground. You understand that. And if and and if I say, you know, dang, you know, that shit still keeps coming back, you know, like, you know, I keep having the, you know, I'm having a hard time sleeping. When I hear I'm a, I'm having a hard time sleeping, I go, This is somebody that I can help. Because I can help some sleep come back to you. And I also <laughs> Um, I think it's important to include uh, the fact that not all military veterans who are struggling deployed. There are certain things that have happened to some who didn't deploy that they have to work out as well. And I feel like sometimes people focus too much on the ones who deployed and then the ones who also need help who didn't deploy are neglected. And I know it's not an intentional thing, but it's uh, important to mention that so that people keep it in mind. Absolutely, you hit you hit the nail on the head in terms of of what's the the help that we can provide. The reason that I brought up the the first the people who have been deployed who have hit combat is because they they themselves are different among other veterans. Yeah. Okay, they've experienced things that, but it doesn't mean you know. There's a gentleman here in in uh, in, uh, in 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 Arizona in Phoenix. Who, uh, who's done very well? He's got his doctorate degree in divinity, and and he he speaks and so forth. And he wasn't in combat, but he worked in the bodies that came in. He worked in the mortuary that prepared him for the shipment back to the United States. He has PTSI, you know, or the mechanic who works in a motor pool, but still hears the uh, the the sounds of 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 of, of, of war, or you get you get you're doing a job in, 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 in a base, you know that each military base has an assignment. You know what you're, you know what that base is supposed to be doing. If you're Air Force, you know that that Air Force base is, is either setting up some fighter planes or setting up, you know, it's doing something. The same thing with the Army. Every Army installation has a mission. Has It doesn't mean that those individuals do not suffer that same, that same trauma that exists. It's in a different form, but it's still trauma. Yeah, 
Yeah, I wanted to jump in real quick, and we do need to get wrapped up and hand this over to Joe. But uh, Julio, there's a couple points, and Dolly too. It was re I really connected with because each one of our transition, you know, I'm a Marine, we got Army, we got Air Force, we got spouse, we got Joe. He's like the amazing all, you know, executive. <laughs> And each one of our transitions are quite different, um, but we're still connected. And so we have to be in that mindset that our experiences, we can't just apply to somebody else and say, okay, that's what they're going through. We just have to be open-minded and just open our hands and say, we're here for you. We have, I, I, I'm, I'm here with you, you know? And I think that, you know, what you also mentioned, and you know, is with the chamber is this is a form of mentorship. And so finding a mentor is the most important aspect in any transition, you know, get somebody that's gone through it before, but um, Joe, you had a couple things that you wanted to add so we could get going. Yes. And thank you, uh, Michael and Coolie. I just wanted to say thank you for your uh, continuous effort and working on point to the mission and following the, 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 the vision and the mission for our chapter in Arizona. And I just wanted to highlight things that kind of impact and for people to connect with, with us uh, through the chamber, through your chapter. Uh, we, uh, we uh, as you and I discussed before, so we're now launching the Housing for Heroes program, a national network that brings together homeowners and uh, the, the VA to pay for veterans to stay in homes. So we are building a network of homeowners who are willing to charge less for their rent and receive a income contribution from the Veterans Foundation for the balance. So that way they can bring on military families and they stay away from the streets. Because I, I'm with you, I, it really bothers me to see veterans living in their cars under a bridge with no cars at all. Or, and, and then, I mean, that's not the way we treat heroes or building tents for them. What, what? no, no tents. No, no motels, no, they need a place to live like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So the Housing for Heroes program, that's the mission. So I'm very happy to, um, um, to have kind of announced that publicly with you, that that's, that's the program that you and I will be working on in 2021. Wonderful. Alongside with the uh, faith-based program, which uh, I, I, we know that uh, when we transition out of the military, we lose that connectivity. You know, all of the all of us feel it, whether we're the spouses, whether we're the actual veterans, or whether we are the parents. We feel that the missing link uh, approach. And yeah, you know, we like you were talking about the special forces guy or, or, or girl, um, or, or someone who's you know been in combat or an active you know active approach in the field, and then coming to work somewhere where it doesn't match the ability. So we have also the veteran-friendly employer network that you and I talked about about a year ago, where we are actually identifying employers who say, I am committed, and we don't give them a test. We don't say, we want to pass those tests and do the medallion thing. We don't want that. All mm -hmm. we want is their commitment to say, I will hire veterans. I will give them a chance, like everybody else, but I will give them a chance. We're not here to ask for anything. We're veterans. Mm -hmm. We give. We don't take, we give. So exactly. we're not asking for a handout, we're asking for an opportunity, and that's what we provide, an opportunity for veterans to shine. Opportunity exactly. for veterans to have the opportunity. 
not to handouts. We don't do handouts. That's why we don't do volunteers and we don't do we don't do donations because we don't need that. We are veterans. But so we want that approach. We want that mentality to come across. So we want to highlight employers who are interested in hiring veterans and they want to take the next step. So and I know you were interested in that. So I'll be working with you on that for 2021 as well. We Great. got it started in California, but now it's time to move to Arizona and other places. So those those are the things that are, and also of course, the, the, the Navajo Nation is very, very important to us. The, the Native American uh, Nation is very important to us. Because that community, it, it, it gives a lot. It gives a lot for our country. It gives yeah. a lot for our country. And it needs to be recognized. Like every, everybody else who does is a veteran, needs to be recognized. And the chamber was found on the principles that everyone is equal. That's why we don't discriminate. We don't ask for ranks. We never mention branches. Laura went crazy today, but we never mention branches because we all are equal. And whether we're spouses, whether we're moms or dads or ch children, we all belong in the chamber the same way. So we all work in the same unit. That's the way we say it, and that's the way we feel it, and that's the way we follow it. So um, thank you, Julio, for um, uh, attending the session today. Thank you. It's really been an honor, and it's been an honor for years to be working with you. Thank it's you, a real sir. pleasure, real pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Laura, for giving me the chance to say something, and then now it's back to you. And you are, you are muted. I can hear you. See, that's because you said I went crazy and I wanted to just make sure that you acknowledge I didn't go crazy. I just simply acknowledging the obvious that I'm surrounded by amazing, talented veteran community. And I it is a privilege to be able to do this show with you guys. So thank you so much. Thank you, Julio, for being with us. It's been a, a real pleasure to having this discussion. And thank you for introducing us to a, a new word and actually a one that makes sense. PTI, right? I like that's that. Right. I like that too. I love that. That's even better. So this has been a great conversation with Julio Alvarado, who is our Arizona chapter director for the Veteran Chamber of Commerce in that area. So if you would love to get connected and help uh, Julio's mission, please reach out to him and his chapter and make sure that you get uh, united. You have a, a service, you have something to contribute and a positive way to change veterans' life in that location. Make sure that you're connected. This has been the Veterans Radio Show, which features military veterans, spouses, and community leaders while we explore heroism, action, and leadership for those that are making it happen. Here, Julio Alvarado is definitely making it happen for us and for our veteran community in Arizona. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.